Know that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture reading for today is from the New Revised Standard Version Bible, and our first reading comes from Acts, chapter 2, verses 43 through 47. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Our next reading is from Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, on the basis of God's mercy, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, so that you may discern what the will of God is. What is good and acceptable and perfect? For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the encourager in encouragement, the giver in sincerity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Today's final reading is from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. Jesus said, If your brother or sister sins against you, Go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If you are listened to, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If that person refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth we bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything, you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today starts a new series. And this series is going to be based on questions. More specifically, your questions. Some of them are questions that I've received in the past, while some are questions that I'm getting just now. Today's question is a culmination of multiple questions I've been asked at various times, and it comes out to this. Why church? And a part of the question is really a question of if I can be spiritual on my own, why would I need church? What will church do for me that's so different than being able to do by myself. Now, you may think it's an odd 
question for me to be answering if you are here as part of the church. But knowing how to answer this question helps when people outside the church ask it, and it helps for our own understanding and growth. And so I found this question to be an intriguing one because it's not a question that we always think of. And it may not be a question that we have a ready answer for. For some of us, church is just church. It always has been and always will be. And it's what we do. But being able to vocalize exactly why being part of the church matters is important. And so when I was reflecting on this question, I thought of a few different readings that would help to demonstrate the two things that I think of the most when I think about what the church offers that we can't get on our own. Because really, that's the key to being able to answer this question. Because there's lots of things that the church is good for. Too numerous to count. And there's lots of things that church helps us with. Some people can try to do those things on their own, but I think that the two things that stand out are community and accountability. The problem we run into is that those are two things that don't happen when we go it alone. And so, I picked a few readings to help show the importance of community and accountability. And we begin in Acts. In Acts, we see the early church, where all the believers come together and share everything in common. They sell possessions and goods and give it to whoever has a need. And they spend time together, both at the temple and at home, eating together, praising God and spending that time in each other's company. And I think that's part of the introduction to the idea of community that church offers. The example here in Acts really sets the stage for us because it talks about the way that these people spend their time together both in the temple and at home. That it's not just that they meet once a week, it's that they make the other people part of their lives. And that idea of community begins to build because it means not just people but a support network. And not just once a week, but an ongoing relationship. From there we come into Romans, where we hear Paul talking about how each part of the church, each member, has a different function. Part of the beauty of this example is that we can let it play out in so many different ways. Just as we know that a foot and a hand have different purposes, and that your nose and your eyes have different purposes, so do the people in the church. And where Paul gives examples of prophecy, ministry, teaching, we can fill that with any role we can think of. Another way that we build community in the church is when we do realize that each person has a unique role and a different strength that they offer. It means that together, each of us is doing what we are best at. And as a group, we are stronger because of it. Because it means that you don't have to be the best at all the things. You don't have to be preacher, teacher, leader, cook, helper, supporter, prayer, encourager, custodian, and organizer. 
that when we think about all the different roles, and I could go on forever thinking of different things that people offer, we see that people can help in different ways and that sometimes we have different strengths at different times. But we always offer them together because when we join together, not only do we come together in our strengths, but we strengthen each other in those bonds. And we grow together because of it, and we all become stronger because of what we share in Christ. It's important that we understand that because that's part of the community that we need. It makes our lives easier in many ways because we're not trying to be everything at once. It allows us to focus so that we can do more together than we could apart. And it also means that when we struggle, there is a community there to support us. And that it is so important for us to be able to have. Because when we do find a time where we are struggling, having people there helps. But here's the other thing. Part of that community is having people there that will notice when there's something wrong. That also leads us into the second part of my answer to this question. And that is accountability. And that may not be one that you think of often when you think about why church. But it's something that I think people may avoid because it means not just holding others accountable, but it means being held responsible by those other people as well. And we see that in our gospel reading for today. If somebody does something, then you have to talk to them about it. It means we're responsible to each other and responsible for each other. Jesus says to speak to them alone. And if that doesn't work, bring somebody else and engage the community for accountability. But do all you can to help. That way it's known that you've tried your best and that you made it known. And if it doesn't work, involve the community as a whole, the whole church, to help with whatever problem is happening. And if somebody can't recognize that there is a problem, let it be known that you tried your best and that you're still there for them. Jesus gives us a method for accountability where we hold each other accountable. And we do so in love so that we can care for each other. Jesus goes on to strengthen the idea of community with accountability by saying that when two or more are gathered, he is there. That when we can agree on things together, whatever we ask will be given. And the reason accountability is so important is because it means that we're not just seeing each other, but we're responsible for each other. And one of the ways that I see this all the time is when somebody isn't at church. And it's not a judgment thing. I know it can be, but it's not what I see here. I don't remember the last time I had somebody speak up negatively about somebody who wasn't at church. What I always find is concern. Now, I know some of you inform me when I am not going to see you, when I won't hear from you that week as part of worship. You let me know that I won't be seeing you, and I appreciate that. But I know that when we don't see each other, there's questions of where somebody is. And that's a good thing. Because if somebody knows, somebody shares that information. 
and then we know where we are. And if we don't know, somebody's going to find out. Now, that might sound like nosing about or being a busybody, but honestly, that's not it. A lot of times, somebody's not here because they're visiting family, taking a trip. They have children, grandchildren and great-grandchildren visiting. And you know what? That's fine. I'm not here to tell anybody that they shouldn't do things like visit with family and take care of themselves. Quite the opposite. Those are important things. However, what it does mean is that people will want to know where you're at because people will notice when you're gone. Being part of the community means that you're accountable to them because if you're missing, they want to know why. And that really does matter because it means that if you fall on hard times and you disappear from the church, somebody's going to come around looking for you to make sure that you're okay and to find out how you can be helped. And that's huge because we could all use that kind of love in our lives. And I think we could all do better at being accountable to each other. But that's the beauty of growth in Christ is that we always have room to grow in love. We always have room to grow in grace. And we can grow even greater together. Now, the other issue here is that we place a lot of emphasis, especially in our American way of thinking, that each one of us is responsible for ourselves and ourselves only. And we can be really bad about leaning so heavily on individualism that we forget about community and accountability. The reason I say this is because sometimes we get so wrapped up in our individualism that we forget that we are part of a group. And I think it matters because when we are part of the church, it's not about coming together because we all think alike and all act alike and all do the same things and believe exactly the same things. Some things, yes, we will share the common core of our beliefs. That's why we're here. We're at least here to explore those beliefs. But the thing that drives us to be a part of the church, the church that we are a part of right now, is because we've been called to love one another. I'm sure that if I went from person to person, I would find differing beliefs and views among all of you. And how strongly you believe in each of those things is going to vary. But I think we can all agree on the fact that we are called to love one another. We are called to love each other in our differences and to grow through our shared experience. I touched on this with my theory of interpretation, and it extends into how I see the role of the church. The role of the church is to love God and to love neighbor. And we begin in that love by loving each other and taking care of each other. And when we do, it enables us to reach out and invite others to become part of that community. And when we hold each other accountable, because <clears throat> we hold each other accountable, we're better because of it. We join together. 
as community because we are stronger as a community. We come together and worship God because it makes us all stronger in our love for God and our love for one another. That when you're held accountable, if we mess up, somebody will let us know and help us to do better. When we see somebody else struggling, we can offer our support. Sometimes we may be strong and sometimes we may be weak. But as the church together, we will always be strengthened by God's love. When we come together as the body of Christ, we may not all have the same strengths and the same weaknesses. But when we join our strengths together in Christ, our hope and our love grow exponentially. Our faith is strengthened by those around us who strengthen us in prayer and commitment. Because we are together as a community accountable to one another in love and grace and mercy. So the next time somebody asks you, why church? I hope that this is part of your answer as well. And that it's also part of your invitation to let others know that there is community waiting for them. Always with open hearts, open doors, and open minds. Strengthened by loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Coming together as a community in Christ. Amen.